Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. This Sunday, Chris Champana will start the whole series on the topic of God's Church, My Family. Christian is pastor of the B1 Church and all services of this series will be held as joint services of B1 and Grace Church. Today we will look into Matthew 12 verses 46 to 50 where we see how Jesus relates to his mother and siblings and to his disciples. We will see how Jesus defines his family in the sermon titled, Who are the Brothers of Jesus? So in today we're um, excited, excited to start a new sermon series. Uh, Christian is here to talk more about the church, a family of God. Um, and yeah. Yes, um, today I would like to start with you together um, an adventure in God's Word, studying together something about church, something that is interesting and important for us, um, the church as the family of God. This is the main idea, um, God's family, my church. But when I say my church, it's not like, you know, it's mine, you know, Lord. No, it's, I belong to the church, the local church. And when I say church, I'm always thinking about the local church, about us here. Not the universal church, but us here. So um, the title of this series is actually this, God's Family, My Church. Well, I remember like it was yesterday, although it was like six years ago, I was teaching my students about the brothers and sisters that uh, Jesus had and his, about his family. And one of my students uh, was uh, really upset about this topic. Um, actually, she was so verbal and she was like, oh, this is not, I don't believe in this. And uh, well, with the satisfaction of knowing what the Bible says, I, was like, I said, thinking that, you know, I can help. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me uh, read you. Then probably you know I went straight to Mark 6 and passionately I explained the dynamic of Jesus' earthly family. Uh, but next day, the student's mom <laughs> met me and she said, you know what? Um, we don't believe that. We are Catholic and we don't believe in this. And so please be careful in the future. I was like, okay, I will. Um, since then, I've upset a lot of other students and parents because of this. Not because of my interpretation of this, but because of what, what the Lord uh, wants to tell us through the Holy Bible. And in uh, this morning, I have one for you too. If, uh, I don't know, I hope I'm not upsetting you in any way. But what do you think? Is God a male or a female? We don't know. <laughs> uh, you don't know about God? Why you don't know? I mean, it's, you have a thick library, 66 books. And if you read this and you don't know, that's a big problem. But thank you for your answer. I mean, nice try. <laughs> Please, come on. Give me an answer. Is God a male or a female? Is a what? So what? And? 
Ah, okay. Well, good job. This is actually the answer. God is nor a male or a female. He is a spirit. And, uh, but, you, you know, in, and even in your prayer, you refer God to as your father and our father, right? And because of that, we are somehow um, tempted to say that God is a male. And then there are, but when you read the Bible, then, um, yes, there are some like um, uh, father-like characteristics in the Bible, but the Scripture also attributes feminine qualities to God. <laughs> but God is not a female or a male because He's a spirit. Um, but what do you think? Does the Son complicates or simplify our conception about God. What do you think? Um, I am, let's vote on that, okay? Um, so who, who thinks that the sun complicates our perception of God? Raise your hand. Okay. Two. Very good. Thank you for your honesty. Is nothing bad or good or bad? Oh, three. We have three now. Oh, God. <laughs> That's great. How? What? It, it complicates our perspective on God? Now, so only two. Because, okay, what do you think? It simplifies our con conception, uh, how we think about God? Well, you need to raise your hand. Because if you do this or that... <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. And we have undecided. <laughs> what should we do? Well, my own experience and my, uh, the way I see things, I do believe that the Son simplifies our conception of God because He provides for us the context of knowing the Father more and better and relating to Him uh, in a proper way. The way Jesus relates to the Father is the right way to relate to God. So looking at Jesus is not like, oh my, what should I do? I don't know how to uh, approach God. No, no, no. Look at Him. He's our best model, right? But this is only my perspective. Well, naming God as a Father is not it's not. Uh, um, it's it's more like a theological and relational statement. Well, I'm not going in the theology, but on in in the on this level of relation, um, on on the relational level, we establish intimacy in a direct way with God because we address Him like family. God is my Father, so. It's, there is, when you say that, there is intimacy in that. Um, and if you look at Jesus, how he addressed the Father, the Son, the Father, then you understand how uh, they relate to each other. This is why uh, what Jesus wanted to, from the beginning actually, to invite us into this eternal communion that is shared between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
From the beginning, God wanted, this is God's invitation. Come on, not just experience it, but live it. Be passionate about it. It's a family-like communion. Uh, this statement does not imply that God is three, person, three, three beings, right? Because for us, it's easy to make this mistake. Because in our world, a person is also a being. But in God's world, in God's category, by the way, he's alone in that category. Nobody is like him. He's holy, okay? And in that category, God is one being in three persons. Angels are not like this. We are not like this. The animals or anything that God created is nothing like this. So God is in his category. That makes God a family. In a sense, God is a family, a community that existed before he created the first angel. Right? Is this too high for you? Do you follow me? You are still with me? So God is, he was, he is, he was, is, and will be God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he didn't need anything or anyone like any angel or us to accompany him. Because he was okay. But out of his love, he created us. How do we know this? Because he gave us free will. Well, today, human beings, as human beings, we don't have a free will. Because we are slaves to sin. Adam and Eve, they were free, but then... Oh, they lost it. So, okay, come back. Um, Adam and Eve were created as community of two. Even when Adam was created alone from the dust, uh, the purpose of this was to realize the power and the need for a community. And when he realized that, God created Eve. And he said... Yes, now it's okay. <laughs> we cannot exist and function without a community. God is a community. Adam and Eve, well, the angels, they have their own community. What God was not lonely. And because of his loneliness, he created angels and us. The angels who did, decided to run from home. God didn't give them any chance to come back home. God calls the angels his sons. You, did you find that in the Bible? Oh, yeah. There are several passages where God calls the angels his sons. You know why? Well, read Job. It's in there somewhere in the beginning of Job. First two chapters. The sons of God. Those were the angels. And Satan came also. He's also a son of God. Because he's a direct creation. Read Luke. In, in Luke, Adam is called the son of God. Why? He's a direct creation. Now, did I lost you? You are still with me? If Adam and Eve, they were sons of God. Am I a son of God? No. Nope. I'm a son of Adam and Eve. You see? 
Because I am born into slavery. I'm, an, I'm in another family. That's why God did something to bring me home. Why? Because I'm created in God's image. <laughs> for, the, for, for the runaway uh, angels, God did nothing. Bye-bye. Well, he did something. He's doing, actually. He's creating the lake of fire for them. But for us, God said, no, 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 no. I want you back. I want you back in my family. You are now in Adam and Eve family. Now come back home. You runaway human beings. I, I want to dwell with you. Not because you are, you know, something or, you know, very important. No, because I want to. Reading the Old Testament, the fatherhood of God is used only 15 times. God is a father. Only 15 times. Sometimes used in the, in the relation with Israel. God as a father, Israel as a son. And sometimes with certain individuals. But I'm not going there because my sermon is not about that. I'm still in my introduction. Have patience. Now, the father imagery is used some times in the Old Testament where the term father is not there, but it says, you, I am, uh, and, and he calls people sons. So, but direct uh, name God as a father is only 15 times, okay? Now, when you turn the new te- in the New Testament, you find a plethora of verses about that. Because Jesus always talked about God as his father. So you, you come from a, a scarce place where nothing, I mean, God is father only 15 times. And then in, only in the Gospels, God is, is, is called father 165 times. You understand? 165 times. This was uh, uh, the term that Jesus loved. Uh, and by the way, he taught his disciples to do the same. When you talk with God, don't say God, but say what? Thank you. Father. Say it. Father. Um, well, and there is another thing. Jesus, talking with his disciples... Never said our father. But well, you say, well, there is not a, like a sermon, our father. No, no. He was teaching them what to say and how. But Jesus never said, you know, my father is your father, our father. No, he said, my father and your father. You know why? Because his sonship is different than our sonship. His is natural. Our is by adoption. We are a family. When we are saved from the world, we are put in the family of God. We are not alone. We are not hermits. (laughs) We are a community. And if you don't understand that, and if you act like you are not a community, you are not like a, a, a family... And you don't love each other. Then why are you church? That's the problem. 
The rest of the New Testament emphasized the fact that God is our Father. Paul uh, uh, named God as Father 40 times. Um, uh, the, the church in Rome, the, church in Gal- the churches in Galatia, they were taught and they were using this. God is our Father. Uh, the creeds, the Apostle Creed, the Nicene Creed, all of them, they talk about God as a Father. We talk about, you prayed, <laughs> saying, God, my Father. That's great. This is what not only we believe, but we are desperate to live. Because if God is my Father, then I'm His family. Amen? This is good news, brothers and sisters. Now, one of the purposes of Christ coming into our world was to reveal the Father. Why? Remember Old Testament 15 times? <laughs> and Jesus said this, John 1.18, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. John 5.37, And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about him. His voice you have never heard. His form you never, you have never seen. John 8, 19. They said to him, therefore, where is our father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. You see, Jesus' purpose was to make Known the Father. John 14, 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Why? Because you've seen me. Makes sense. Luke 10, 22. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father. Or who the Father is except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. You want to know who is the Father? You cannot without me. You got that? Without Jesus, you don't understand the Father. You understand God in general, but not the Father. Why I chose to tell you all of these things, well, I hope you know them, but we all need a good reminder. Um, My purpose was to create a little bit of background. Only a little bit of background. Like a black fabric. You know when you have a diamond. You put it on a black cloth. Why? Why? Why, why all the displays of diamonds are black fa- fabric? Why? What? Mm, yeah. It, um, it makes the, the, the diamond to, to, to show all his, its qualities, right? Well, the family of God, the local church, is the diamond. I believe that this is the most precious diamond on earth, actually. Until you don't have this black fabric, 
of this background that I told you, and this is only a little bit. If you want to, you can do it by yourself at home and read a lot about this in the Bible or outside. You cannot appreciate at the right value God's family. It is time, it is time to value the local church by being the church. Not only reading about the church, but being the church. The church is not a building. You know that. And the church is not a meeting. Well, some people think the church is only the meeting, you know. I'm going to church. Yeah, right. You cannot go to church. Why? Because you are the church. I'm going at the gathering of the church because I am part of the church. If the church is not a building and nor a, a, a meeting, then these are what? Well, from my point of view, these are only the black cloth, <laughs> the black fabric. And the church is the diamond. Now, who's the church? You and me. I like it. One of the most shocking texts where Jesus is using this background and the name of the Father is when after a few hard conversations with the Pharisees, his family came to speak with him. But let's read the text, okay? Matthew 12, I hope you have your Bible with you, Matthew 12, 46 to 50. Matthew 12 Verse 46 to 50. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my father? Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So, who are the brothers of sister of Jesus? Sorry, who are the brothers of Jesus? Well, first of all, the text is very clear that are those who are spiritually related to Him, not naturally, not physically. When all these happened, Jesus was in a great stress. Uh, there are two parallel texts with this one in Mark 3 and in Luke. In Mark 3, uh, we, uh, we have a feeling of what the days uh, of Jesus' days looked like in that time. In verse 13, we learn that he just climbed a mountain to appoint the apostles after a prayer night. Um, and, and then after he chose his apostles, he went back to his house. Really tired. He spent the night in prayer, in fasting. He chose his apostles, the twelve, and he came back home. In verse 12, we read that the house that he rented in Capernaum uh, was so crowded with people that he and his disciples could not even eat their meal. The text says they could not even eat bread. But this is... So it's the most simple thing. Eat bread. They were not able. When this happened, some of his friends tried to enter the house in order to restrain him 
from this activity because they thought he was out of his mind. Actually, the, the translation is more like a person who is in ecstasy. They thought Jesus lost his mind. But when you read the ASV, the one that I'm reading, uh, I was reading uh, here, it says the family. Now, it's not clear. Because in Mark doesn't make it clear. A more literal translation of this is those from his side. And the different translations, they come up with an interpretation. Who are those on his side? Well, maybe the family. They were, you know, very close to him. Or friends. Some, some uh, uh, translations use the term friends or family, or friends, or associates, or... So, you understand, somebody who was close to him, I believe they were friends. Some friends of him. And, and, and they came there, and, and, you know, Jesus sometimes was really... He did a weird things. Like, uh, in Capernaum, that when everybody came to Capernaum, he took his disciples and said, let's go. <laughs> let's go out of here. Well, Jesus, everybody comes in for you. Now you go where? Let's visit all the villages. That's weird. What? Nobody's doing this. Jesus did it. Um, remember when he was always against the Pharisees and, and, and the Sadducees and, and the scribes. You know why? They were the establishment of, re, of, of, of Jewish religion. He was always against them. By the way, he... Do you remember the, his favorite word for them? You hypocrites. <laughs> Who in the world is doing this? Well, Jesus did it. A lot of things. And they thought, maybe this is, you know, one of these, his weird things. Let's take him out of this. He's doing this and that. He's teaching. He's, he's uh, exercising. He's uh, healing. He's, and now, instead of eating... He's talking with other people, and it's a, such a, a multitude in his house. Let's take him out. He lost his mind. By the way, it was not his family. His friends. And then the scribes come. Just read. The, ch- the scribes are back, and they, uh, they, uh, they accuse Jesus of working with the power of Satan. And this is the moment when Mary and the brothers of Jesus came to visit him. Now, his family was where? In Nazareth. He was by himself in Capernaum. So they traveled because they wanted, and, and when you read the text in Matthew, there is nothing that su- suggesting that Jesus was embarrassed or they were embarrassed with Jesus. No, they just came to visit with him. And, and, um, well, when you read Mark 6, you know who were Jesus' brothers, right? Do you know the names of Jesus' brothers? By, by any chance. Jacob, very good. No, James, James, James. Come on. I mean, you're a disciple of Christ, right? You, you should know these things. James. You can't cheat. I mean, you can't read Mark 6. (laughs) 
help me, please. James, Judas, or Jude, sorry, Simon, and there is another one. Yeah, Joseph. Who in the world is this Joseph? I have no idea. But Jesus had also sisters. So at least four brothers, two of them, they wrote books in the New Testament. About the other two, we don't know any uh, of their names, only their names. But they came. So Mary, not with his sisters, but with his brothers, they came to him to talk with him. But they, they were not able even to get in the house. So they asked a guy who was probably at the door. And he said, hey, Jesus, um, your family is here. They are looking for you. And this is the moment where Jesus takes the opportunity to indicate that for him the spiritual ties are more important than the ties of blood. This is the, uh, the lesson. How is he doing this? By asking a question and answering the question himself. <laughs> I love Jesus. He's so great. He's a good teacher. Jesus, after he stretched forth his arm, he said, Look, they are my family. His disciples. He's actually apostles. He just chose them from a multitude of, of disciples, only 12 of them. Was his blood-tied family embarrassed by this answer? No. Well, Mary was used with that. Remember when Jesus had 12 years old, was 12 years old in the temple, and they lost Jesus? His parents lost Jesus. For three days, they, they didn't know where Jesus was, and then they came back, and they found him where? In the Father's house. Where? In the temple. He was surrounded by teachers of the law. He was asking them questions and, and, and answering their questions. And, and he was interrupted by his parents. And he said, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Do you understand what Jesus said here? For a Jew, when you are like 12, 13 years old, your father would teach you the trade, his own trade. Jesus was not in Joseph's house. He was in his father's house. Why are you looking for me somewhere else but in my father's house? I'm here to learn the trade. This is the relationship that defines me. And that's interesting. Mary was used with that. Like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's one of these things of Jesus. And I, I need to think more about this. For Jesus, the spiritual ties are more important than the blood ties. Do you get it? Do you? Is the relationship with the church members more important than your blood family? And probably after this sermon, you will never ask me to preach again. I'm like, what in the world? Are you <laughs> this is so wrong. It's not wrong. Jesus said that. The spiritual family is spiritually related through Jesus. I am related with you. And actually, 
you know, I always said, often say that you are the only relative that I have here in Vienna. You are my family. Why? Because the way I'm related to Jesus through the covenant, I'm related to you through the covenant. We are family, a covenant family. We are because of that. Jesus would be, he was tired, he was stressed, his family came to visit him in order to encourage him and to help him in this difficult time. But you know what? Jesus considered you more important than Mary. There are some Christians that they think so highly of Mary. They should read this passage. They are more important than Mary. That's hilarious. The way we think and the way Jesus thinks. Well, actually, it's more than hilarious. It's dangerous because we change the Bible and we don't know that we are on the wrong, wrong track. Jesus said, you are more important than Mary. You are more important than James, Jude, Simon. <laughs> I, I, I believe this is a good news. Why that? Because for Jesus, spiritual ties are more important than the blood ties. Is that true for you? Do you believe and act on your belief in the same way Jesus believed and acted? If yes, be blessed. If no, I think it's time to repent. That's the only way to look at that. But... Look at verse 50. Uh, Henry, please read 50 for me. Yes. The second idea that I would like to, to, to see here is that those who are brothers of, his, uh, of Jesus are those who do the Father's will, not know. But do. The emphasis here is on do it. Well, in order to do it, you need to know it. Well, that's for sure. On one hand, we see the inclusiveness of Jesus' statement. Whoever. Whoever. Like black and white, male and female, young and old, rich and poor, educated and uneducated, smart and dumb, bond or free, commoner or elite, whoever, they are my brothers. And this is the beauty of the church. I, I could have three doctorates, three PhD, and, and, and be a good brother to somebody who maybe never finished eight grades. You know? I don't care. This is not what defines me. You know what defines us here? Actually, who? Jesus Christ and the Father. This is why family is important. This is why Christian, local Christian church is a family. We should learn from this because we make so many differences. Maybe you've heard them. Calvinists and Armenians. <laughs> um, Premillennials. And amillionists or whatever, you know, 
and lately is vaccinated and unvaccinated. That's crazy. This is the church of God, his family. No differences in here, right? Mm. Theoretically, right. But practically, we are so wrong. Because, and, and when you say something and you do the other thing, is what? Thank you. Jesus would step in his church today and say, you hypocrites. Hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, look at verse 50. There is also exclusiveness. Not only inclusiveness, but exclusiveness. Those and those alone who do the Father's will. They are brothers, true brothers of Christ. That means Judas Iscariot was excluded. You know why? Because he was not doing the Father's will. He was doing the whose will again? Exactly. Exactly. Jesus answered, did I not choose you the twelve and yet one of you is a devil? Jesus said that in John 6, 70, 71. <laughs> it's a devil. And the word devil in original is, is, it's, means slanderer. Diabolos. Slanderer. One of them was not. So, whoever. But then, some are excluded. Because they are not doing God's will. Do you feel included here? That's great. You are part of the family. But you know what? Sometimes, some people, sorry, some people, they exclude themselves. Why? Because they don't want to do the Father's will. What's the Father's will? Well, that men repent from their sins. That they surrender to Jesus as their own Savior and Lord. And number three, they live for the glory of God, the Father. This is the Father's will. Doing the Father's will, you follow. Actually, you follow Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, you, mu you must do the Father's will. There is no negotiation here. There is no change in this. God, the Father, has spoken. The word is clear. The brothers of Jesus are only those who do the Father's will. Are you one of them? The third idea that I see here in the text is in, not in this text actually, is in Luke. Let, turn with me. This is the third, the, sorry, the second parallel text with Matthew. I quoted from Mark 3, and now we are in Luke chapter 8, verse 21. Who wants to read for me? I need some help. Luke 8, 21. Nobody? Uh-huh. So in this parallel text, there is a little twist in this. Those who are brothers with Jesus, meaning they are from the same family, they listen to the Word of God and they do the Word of God. While they listen, they do. It's not like, now I listen, please give me some seconds, you know, some time, and then I will do it. No, 
It's in the same time. Actually, the verb there brings this idea. In the same time they were listening, they are doing what the Word God says. The loyalty to the spiritual family should transcend all others' loyalties because when you stick to the family that listens and practices the Word of God, then you are a brother of Jesus. You are part of His family. Think about this. Is your earthly family keeping you from congregating with other family? Is with, with the family of faith, with the church. Then you are more loyal to your family than to the family of God. Do you care more? I, I'm not talking about the service. What we are doing here is as... Church, local church, we come together to serve as priests our Father. Well, I use two metaphors now, but you understand what I'm trying to say. This is not the church. The church is every day. It's when you go to the small group, to the uh, uh, prayer group, to the, when you interact, when you call somebody and say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. That's the church. It's not the service. It's part of it, but it's not the service of the church. So, um, do you care more about your family, friends, associates, than you care about the local church? Do you have more interactions with others than with the church? I'm not trying to say something that Jesus didn't say. He values more the family of faith. Now, do you consider yourself a good brother of Jesus? Good family? Part of the family? You should consider more important your spiritual ties than your family. That means your local church. You should live your life for the glory of the Father, doing His will. And you should hear and practice the Word of God. If you do this, you are. Just, just imagine, just picture this. Jesus look, stretching his hand towards you, saying, David, you are my brother. Wow. You are family to me. If you are not a good brother of Jesus, you should repent. I should repent. We should repent. Lord, we are not thinking the church as a family. And we lost so many things of our sight. And look where we are now. Please forgive us. As I see the situation here is this. The Father wants you to be integrated in the life of the Trinity. And He gave you the best example ever. Jesus Christ. You want to do that? You have the best example. Jesus Christ. But don't forget the cost of this. There is a cost. Well, Jesus was killed for doing this. By the way. In John 5.18 it says, This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath... But he was even calling God his own father. 
Jesus was killed because he called God his own father. There is a cost. People will say, you're crazy. People within the church will think, you are crazy. And you know what? If they try to kill Jesus, they will try to kill you. You really want to be his family, his true brother of Christ? Then there is a cost. And there is another one. You know, uh, do you remember when Jesus uh, spent the last Passover meal before he, he, he was killed? Remember that situation? You know that the Passover meal was the only um, feast or the only spiritual thing that you did within, in, in Judaism with your family. At home, not in the temple. And Jesus chose to spend the last family meal. The most important, one of the most important times of the year, the Passover. With who? With whom? Thank you. With his family. Do you see this? Do you see where I'm going with this? Jesus spent time with his spiritual family. How much time do you spend with your spiritual family? Is this only like, yeah, every Sunday or every, uh, every two Sundays? Or, you know, I'm too tired to go and, hey, that's great. We have online church. Woo! I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this from home, you know, drinking coffee. And like, oh, praise God. In order to be church, in order to be family, well, it's good. When Tim was, uh, was in Japan for six months, it was good to hear him, to see him, and the technology helped us. But you know what? It's different when he's home. It's so different when he's home. And you know what? It's so different when you're home. When we are together and when we interact as God's family. Are you ready to act like a genuine brother of Jesus and pay the price for being part of his spiritual family, the family of God?